Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The following podcast was recorded and released for the folks over on my Patreon on Friday, March the 5th, 2021. If you want to join us over at the Patreon, you can find that at patreon.com slash Stephen R. Orr. And for as little as a dollar a month, you're not only going to get episodes before anyone else, you'll also get episodes nobody else is going to get. There you go. That's my pitch. That's all I'm going to say about it. So let's just get this episode started already, shall we? But first, beware. Spoilers ahoy! Hello and welcome to another episode of My Other Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steven. Did you watch it? I hope so, because I'm going to spoil the crap out of it. Of course, that doesn't mean you can't listen to this before you watch the episode. Some people like to do that. I used to do that all the time. You know, maybe you don't have Disney Plus, but you want to know what's happening on WandaVision. Did I mention I was going to talk about WandaVision? Did I say that? I don't think I've said WandaVision once so far. I'm going to crack open a soda here. And let's talk about WandaVision. So this episode was just simply called the series finale, and it had a runtime of 50 minutes. And I'll tell you what. There was a headline that went out earlier in the week that said something to the effect that uh, the director of the series finale expects fans, I think it actually said hungry fans, to be disappointed by the series finale. And that's not something you want to hear from somebody involved in the show. But I knew I knew what they meant. I knew what this person was talking about. There have been so many theories just being thrown all over the place for these past, what, eight weeks. And so many of these theories have borne no fruit at all. And my immediate thought was, well, I guess what they're saying here is that everybody's hope that Mephisto was going to be the big bad, that we were going to see some kind of big villain is not going to happen. And then I thought, well, maybe they're just talking smack. Maybe they're just trying to keep us from the truth. They're keeping us guessing no, whoever this person was, whoever the director is, I didn't look it up. They, uh, I can, I can totally understand what they're saying because yeah, no big bad showed up other than Agnes or Agatha Harkness. And there were certain things that I had said in the last episode that we were going to see in this episode. I thought for sure we were going to see, uh, by the time the episode ended that there was somebody else behind Agatha Harkness, that she was not the big bad of the of the series, that we were going to see that somebody was pulling her strings. We did not see that. I also said that 
we would not see Doctor Strange during the main portion of this episode. That came true. But I did go on to say that we would see Doctor Strange in the after credit scene. That did not happen. So Doctor Strange was nowhere to be found in this entire episode. But Marvel had been saying all along that this this series basically kicks off phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and leads into the next Doctor Strange movie. And by the end of it, I'm fairly certain that I understand how it's going to lead into Doctor Strange. Um, I'm just, I just don't know how Doctor Strange quite 100% fits in. I mean, obviously, Wanda uses magic. He uses magic. I mean, yeah, I can, I can see how it, how it fits together there. But, but let's just talk about the episode real quick. And then we'll just go through all the questions that were left unanswered by the end of this episode. Because I will tell you right now, I was not at all disappointed by this season or by this series finale. I was not. No disappointment at all. I mean, maybe I had a couple of regrets that we didn't get to see certain things that I thought we were going to see. We'll talk about that. But so we open up where we left off. Wanda is doing battle with Agatha in the middle of Westville. Her or, or she's getting ready to. Her two sons are have been leashed by Agatha. Wanda basically tells her, you understand that now that we're outside, I can use my powers. And Agatha says, I'm counting on it, sister, something like that. And my theory that really what Agatha wanted all along was just to suck all the power from Wanda. That was, I think, the only thing I got right in all nine episodes and all my theories. I think that's the only thing I really, truly got right, because that's all she wanted. She sensed all the magic being thrown around out here in Westville. Westview. Now I can't remember what it's called, frankly. You know what? I've I've watched the episode twice. I've watched most of these episodes twice. And I can't remember if it's Westview or Westville. I think it's Westview. Anyway, that's why she came to town to get some of this magic. That's what she does. She's like a magic vampire. She craves nothing but power and she takes it by stealing it from others. So they end up doing battle for a bit. The white vision shows up and he is there to destroy the other vision and to destroy Wanda. Well, Wanda's vision, the vision she created, he shows up and they fight for a bit. The boys run home. She lets the boys free from Agatha. They run home. I am probably not going to tell this in the order that it happened on the show, because even though I've watched it twice today, my 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 head is spinning and it's really hard for me to collect my thoughts because I didn't really take a lot of notes this time. All I did was write down a bunch of questions that I had at the end of it once the episode was over. But at one point, Agatha shows Wanda that she's the one that created, you know, she she basically made all the people of Westview prisoner to a certain extent. Wanda, for some reason, had this idea in her head that they were all happy, that even though she was controlling them, they were enjoying it or something. They were happy. They were content. Maybe she thought because their town was dying because of the economy and whatnot, that they were unhappy. And she has created a a town that is full of life and money and and uh, it's it's clean and, and nice and there's not trash in the streets that maybe she thought that they were all happy with what she was doing. But Agatha makes her realize that they are not at all happy. And so her first instinct is to just shut it all down. And so she starts to get rid of the hex that is surrounding the town. But once she does that, she realizes that Vision and her kids, they start to disappear as well. And Agatha basically tells her, 
your family is tied to this whole thing. So if you want to keep your husband and your children alive, you have to keep this whole thing going. And that's when she makes a deal with her. She says, look, if you give me all of your powers, I will make sure that this keeps going. I will keep everybody in line. I'll keep everybody. They'll be happy. You'll have your husband. You'll have your kids. You'll have your home. You will have your perfect American sitcom life. And all you have to do is give me all your powers. Well, Wanda's not convinced, of course. She's also not convinced. She spends a lot of time in this episode fighting against this idea that she is this thing called the Scarlet Witch. At one point, Agatha makes the book from her basement appear in front of her. The book is called The Darkhold, which is uh, something from the Marvel Universe. I'm, I'm sure I've heard of it before. Apparently, there was even a series about the book at some point, but it's a big magic book. And she's reading about the Scarlet Witch from the book. And at one point, it even says that the Scarlet Witch is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. But eventually, Wanda realizes that, yes, she is this thing. She is the Scarlet Witch. Now, while all this is going on, the two visions are fighting. And there's a moment where the white vision tells our vision. That's I guess that's how I'm going to differentiate between the two of them. The white vision tells him that he is there to destroy the vision. And our vision says, well, I'm not the true vision. I'm, I'm something else. I'm not the true vision. I can't, ex- I can't remember the exact words he says. And so the white vision kind of pauses and he goes, I request elaboration. And there's this great conversation that they have where our vision brings up this thing called the ship of Theseus. And it's this theory that, or this idea that there is this thing in a museum called the ship of Theseus. And it's, it's very old. And the older it gets, the, the wood in the ship is rotting and, and decaying. And, and as they, As the wood rots and decays, they have to replace it with new wood. And so eventually the ship will be made out of all new wood. And once that's the case, is it still the ship of Theseus? And our vision adds to that. What if you were able to take the the rotted wood and make it whole again? Would it still be the ship of Theseus? And the white vision basically says neither version of the ship would be the true ship, and yet both of them would be the true ship. And so that's when this computer, basically this walking computer, realizes that both he and this other vision are the true vision. And he says, I, I basically, this the, the white vision is everything that the vision was except for his emotions and his memories. And the other, the our vision says, well, I'm, I contain nothing from the old vision. Um, the white vision says, I, you know, I may have these memories, but I can't access them. They're, they're in my databanks, but I can't access them. So our vision helps him and he's able to access all these memories. And his eyes actually, they, they look like freaking computer circuits. They change into real eyes. And he says, I am the true vision. And then he flies away. And then that's the last we see him in the entire episode. There, there's at one point when we find out that Monica, who we didn't see at all in episode eight, she disappeared at the end of episode seven. She was creeping around Agatha's house and Pietro is what they're calling him, fake Pietro. He shows up and he says, Snoop is going to Snoop. And he knocks her out. 
Well, she's basically in his attic bedroom. He's keeping her prisoner there and he's being really like totally laid back and chill about it. And she at one point tries to run out of the room and he just uses a super speed to get in her way and knock her across the room. Well, she discovers she starts looking through his mail laying there on the table and realizes that this is actually his house and his real name is Ralph Boner. And when she says it out loud, he he laughs. He goes Boner and laughs. And that's when I realized, holy crap, because she says, this isn't Agnes's house. This is your house. Well, her husband, she kept talking about her husband throughout the entire series, whose name was Ralph. So this guy apparently has been, quote unquote, her husband this entire time. And Monica realizes that she's controlling him with this necklace that she's wearing because she she at one point ends up overpowering him. And I don't know if she uses her powers to do it because it doesn't seem like it's something that she should be able to do with him being super fast. But she does. And as she's basically kneeling atop him, her eyes glow and she sees the power coming out of this necklace and she takes it off of him. And now he's he's basically powerless. That's the way I looked at it, is that he never had any of these powers Agnes took this guy and gave him the powers of Pietro and had him pose as Pietro, even though he didn't look anything like Pietro. And everybody like me who thought, oh my gosh, Wanda reached into the multiverse and pulled out the 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 Quicksilver from the X-Men universe. No, the apparently the freaking people who made the show were just screwing with us the whole time. They just thought it would be funny if the person that Agatha puts up as a fake Pietro was played by the actor who played him in the X-Men movies. This was not apparently a way for us to first encounter the the multiverse. Or was it? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out later that, that it was. But Wanda and Agatha are fighting, and eventually she she ends up meeting back up with Vision and the boys because the boys uh, leave the house to come help her. The uh, She opens up cracks in the hex around town to let everybody go. And that's how, and that's how sword gets in. And so vision is fighting the other vision. Wanda tells the boys to take out sword. And then she goes back to fighting Agatha. And as they're fighting it's, this is the point when Wanda just basically, she, she pulls a fast one on Agatha and she, she, she accepts the fact that she is the Scarlet witch and she embraces it. But she, like I said, she pulls a fast one on Agatha at first. She just starts shooting hexes at her, just randomly, just throwing these freaking red hex balls at her. And every once in a while, she'll miss, and the hex will hit one of the walls of the the hex surrounding the, the city, the town. Till eventually, because each time she uses her magic against Agatha, Agatha takes it in. She she swallows this magic and makes it her own and a little bit of Wanda starts dying and her hands are turning black and then eventually as as this is happening her face is growing haggard and skeletal and she gets to the point where she just doesn't have anything in her anymore and she's just kind of hanging there limp and she looks like she's dying and then Agatha who has now in her mind one tells her by the way our deal uh, yeah, I can't really do that. Whoever started the spell, they're the only ones that can control the spell. So I, I've been lying to you this whole time. Uh, but that's all right, because you're going to die anyway, is basically what she tells her. And she tries to use her magic on her, and it doesn't work. And that's when we finally see 
that there is a rune on each wall of the hex that surrounds the the freaking town. Now, if you remember from, was it just episode eight where they were in the basement and Mon- uh, Wanda couldn't use her powers and Agatha told her that because of the runes, whichever witch casts these runes in a confined space, only that witch can use their magic within this confined space. And that's when Wanda tells her basically the same thing. Whoever casts the runes in a confined space, they're the only witch that can do the magic. Thank you for the lesson. And then she just pulls all of Agatha's magic out of her. She basically takes all of her magic back. And then suddenly she becomes the Scarlet Witch and she's now wearing the Scarlet Witch or at least the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of her outfit or costume or whatever you want to call it. It looks pretty sweet. And that's how she ends up taking out Agatha. And as she's standing over her down on the ground and she's triumphant, she's won. And Agatha basically says, so you're going to, what are you going to do with me? You're going to imprison me? And Wanda says, yes, I am. I'm going to imprison you here. And you are going to be just what you pretended to be, the, the, the nosy neighbor. And she turns her back into Agnes. And that's how apparently she's going to spend the rest of her days as this character of, of Agnes. And she then takes Vision and the boys and they go back home and she starts to collapse the hex. And Vision at one point before they go home, he says, um, you're, you have to shut this down or something like that. He realizes that she's going to shut it down and that by doing so, he and the boys will disappear. And he seems to be OK with that. And they have their one last moment together in the home. He had the, they put the boys to bed. And then they go downstairs and he asks her, well, you know, I know that this has to happen. I understand it. I agree with you. But I have one question before it does. What am I? And she tells him that he is a fragment of the Mind Stone that still resides within her. He is also a collection of wires and blood and bone. And he is her memory and her sadness but most of all, he is her love. And it's really sad. It's heartbreaking that she, she, you know, she finally gets what she wants after all these years of everybody that she's ever loved dying. She finally gets what she wants, but she realizes that she, she didn't really get what she wanted. She, you know, she had to create a whole new world. She had to make other people suffer to let it happen. And she knows that this is really her only option. And so once everything is gone and she's standing there amidst the ruins of the home that she first stood in when she created her version of Westview, she's back in those clothes um, when she first walked into the foundations of this home. And then she walks back into town and she has to face the the eyes of all these people from this town and face the looks of accusation. And I'll be honest with you. I thought at this point, I really thought that she was coming back to town to turn herself in because really she, she committed a, just a horrible crime, a horrible crime against humanity, but she just goes to say goodbye to fricking Monica. And Monica tells her I'm not, I wasn't really pleased with this moment because while I understood the moment, it's like Monica, tried to justify what she did. It's like they were trying to use this moment to justify to the audience what Wanda did and that we shouldn't feel any sense of, I don't know, we like we, sh- we shouldn't feel like she should be punished for what she did because Monica basically says, you know, they have no idea what you sacrificed. 
And I'm like, well, no, they don't. But she didn't have any, she didn't have anything to sacrifice until she started this whole thing. She's the one that started it. She wouldn't have had anything to sacrifice had she not gone down this path, first of all. And Wanda says, well, no, but it doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're still going to look at me that way. And it's like, well, yeah, because you took control of their freaking minds. You controlled them. There's a moment where one of them says, when I sleep, I see your nightmares, Wanda. You know, it's like they they found no peace at all during any of the moments. I mean, freaking what's her name that played her uh, Vision's boss's wife says, if you can't let us go, then just let us die. These people had gotten to the point where if they had to remain this way, if they had to remain her puppets, they would rather die than remain that way. The the guy who was the mailman and then he ended up bring, being the presto delivery man, I think he almost kind of encapsulates it by just saying, I am exhausted, you know, and just the way he said it, it's like these people really suffered. This was like, I think it was a week in total that these people were under her influence. And by this guy basically saying that he is exhausted, it makes me feel like you combine that with the other dude saying that even when I sleep, I have your nightmares that they never got to rest. There was a there was never a moment for them that they were able to rest. Now, Wanda didn't realize any of this. She thought they were happy. She thought that they could sleep and they were they were that they that they were happy. She she didn't understand what she was putting them through at the time. But I think about that woman in the Halloween episode where she was outside putting up decorations, but she was far off on the edge of Wanda's influence. So she was just just going through this repetitive robotic motion of constantly moving her hand up to hang the, the, the Halloween thing, moving her hand down, moving her hand up, moving her hand down. And a tear was rolling out of her eye. I mean, I, as much as I really enjoyed Wanda's character in this, I really felt that by the end of it, she should have, she should have paid more of a price than having to sacrifice her husband and kids that she created, that she had, she made these people suffer so she could create them. So it's not like, I don't know, it's not like she had this, this husband and these children before all of this happened and that she sacrificed something that she had all along to help these people. She put these people in this situation so she could be happy and big deal. She, she had to stop being happy so that they could stop their suffering. That's not punishment in my mind. And I really felt she was coming to town to turn herself in, but that's not what happened at all. She came to tell Monica goodbye, basically. And again, they tried to use this scene to to justify what she did because Monica even says, because well, Wanda says, Do you do you hate me? And Monica says, If it was me, given your power and given what you could do. I would have brought my mother back. I know I would. So it's like she's saying any of us would have done what you what you did, Wanda. So there's nothing to forgive. There's no reason for me to hate you. High five. Yay. And uh, I think that's the only thing about this finale that I kind of I kind of found disappointing. However, we'll we'll revisit that in a second because then then she leaves and then the show, in essence, is over. But we get two after credit scenes. The first one deals with Monica. And this is where one of my big questions comes up because we're basically back in the town square. Jimmy Woo has taken point 
And I'm going to talk about Jimmy Woo in a bit. And he's basically, he's got everything under control. He's, he's got, he's, you know, you let's set up a, a med center in the pharmacy and let's go over here and do this. And why don't you do that? And he's taking control. He's the man of the hour. Well, he and Monica start talking. And then this woman comes up to Monica and says, they need to see you in the theater. And she follows her to the movie theater and there's nobody in the movie theater. And the woman says that she represents someone who was, friends with her mother. And then she reveals herself to be a scroll. And she says that this person really wants to meet Monica. And Monica says, okay, where are they? And the scroll woman points to the sky, which tells me, I don't think it's a big secret. I don't think this is me really trying to uh, come up with a crazy theory. She's talking about Nick Fury based on the end of what was it? The the second Spider-Man movie. Nick Fury is up in space with all the scrolls. And he wants to see Monica. That's how that little scene ends. And then we get a final after credit scene somewhere out in the wilderness. There's a lake, there's mountains. I'm assuming it's Sokovia. Wanda is sitting on the on the steps of this cabin out in the middle of the wilderness. She's got like a cup of coffee or something. She gets up, she walks back into the house, she goes into the kitchen. And then we see in another room her astral form in the Scarlet Witch costume. And she's got like six freaking arms and she's doing all this magic and she's reading the dark hold. And then suddenly her, she hears the voice, the voices of her kids calling for help. And then that's how that ends. That's how the whole thing ends. So let's start with that. That is, I think, our leap into the Doctor Strange movie. I think my theory is the voices she heard are the voices of her children from another reality. And she hears these voices and her, of course, instinct is to go save her children. And she's probably been learning about the freaking multiverse through this book. And now she she probably knows or she's going to know or she she's maybe the one that starts um, delving into the multiverse. And Doctor Strange has to step in. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that maybe the beginning of this movie is going to be Wanda being somewhat of a bad guy. Maybe, maybe she's doing stuff she shouldn't be doing. Maybe she's learning stuff she shouldn't be learning from the dark hold. Maybe she's learning dark magic and Dr. Strange has to take her to task for it. Um, or maybe he, he, you know, she legitimately is going into this, into the multiverse to, to bring her kids back and he helps her do it. Monica's scene, I'm going to assume that that will lead into uh, a second Captain Marvel movie um, and that we will see Monica as Photon, I guess, in the Captain Marvel movie. I'm hoping because that was another big disappointment out of this finale. We While we saw Monica using her powers, we saw at one point she the uh, the big the head head of sword Hayward or whatever his name is fires his freaking pistol at the two boys and she jumps in the way and she's moving so fast because she can she can remake herself as any form of of light basically and she can move at the speed of light because of it and she steps in the path of the bullets and she turns crystal clear almost she's like a like a see through yellow which. I'm assuming is the is the way she looks in the comics when she goes into her light speed mode, when she turns into light to travel at light speed, she's completely yellow. And I'm I'm guessing that's what this was supposed to be. And the bullets hit her. They pass through her, but they they slow down so much passing through this energy that she has become that they just drop out the other side. 
One of them actually gets by her. And one of the boys, I don't remember which one it is now, Billy or Tommy, the one that does the magic, he he stops the bullet with his magic. So I was really disappointed that we didn't get to really see her use her powers or there wasn't really any explanation of what her powers were. But I got to kind of look at these things as comic books. She was just a very side character in this series. And we're going to see more out of her in a movie or another show. I just I just hope we don't have to wait too long. So that was one of the questions I had to answer. What's or one of the questions that I that I'm asking. Uh, I have a whole list of them here. So what are we going to what's going to end up happening to Monica? So again there this while this series the last two episodes answered a bunch of questions that the series asked, it opened up a lot more questions, which is just frustrating as crap. So what's going to happen to Monica? I think she's going to be in Captain Marvel 2. I think that's where we're going to see her next. Jimmy Woo, I just love him. And my theory at this point is that he is going to become the new Agent Coulson. I think that we're going to start seeing him in a lot more uh, Marvel properties. I think he's going to be just like during phase one, uh, Agent Coulson was the guy that he was like the glue. He would show up in all the movies at some point. He kind of tied everything together. And he was the reason during the Avengers movie that ultimately brought everybody together to become a team. I think I think Jimmy Woo is going to be that guy. And I, I I I that's more of a hope than anything else, because I love Randall Park and I love the character of Jimmy Woo. I love the fact that he was in Ant-Man 2, and he was so interested in the the card trick that Scott Lang did that he learned on his own how to do the card trick, and he has progressed even further. Because when he, if you remember in the episode when Monica arrives at Westview and and, and Jimmy's waiting for her, and he makes his his card appear, you know, I'm Jimmy Woo, and plunk, and his card appears in his hand. Love that. Love that callback to Ant-Man 2. But in this episode, he's in handcuffs. He takes a phone off of a table. He's He's got his hands cuffed behind his back. There's this big sword agent behind him who doesn't want, doesn't notice Jimmy just take this phone off the table, which sword needs to invest in some better guards. But then when he's thrown into like a freaking barn or something, he has a, a safety pin and he picks the lock on his handcuffs and he makes a comment like, and the flourish as he takes the cuffs off. And then when he takes charge back in town after it's all over, I love Jimmy Woo. We got to see more Jimmy Woo. And I'm really hoping that, like I said, he becomes the new agent Coulson in the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, already talked about what might be happening with Wanda in the future. Okay. The white vision. We're obviously going to see him again. Um, I recently read vision quest Marvel comics. It was like four issues of West coast Avengers. John Byrne wrote and drew those. I said in the last episode that I really should have probably read this, his run before I started watching these shows, but in vision quest, the vision is he's married to Wanda. They have their two kids, um, but he is kidnapped by the government. Well, by government agencies all over the world working in tandem because previously he had he had become kind of corrupt and he'd gotten into every computer system in the world and he knew all the world secrets and all the government secrets of every government in the world. And and he ended up fixing himself and he's, he's OK now. But they kidnap him because they don't want this to happen again. And they want all this information that he stole. And they basically disassemble him. He's just, think of that image 
when in the show, when he's on the various tables in sword in the sword room, that's that's what happened in the comic book. And so the Avengers, the West Coast Avengers get him back and Hank Pym along with. Uh, well, I think it was just Hank at that point. They they put him back together. But he is this white version and he's basically just a walking computer at that point. He has all of his memories that they had stored on data banks. But in the comic book, he got his emotions and his soul basically from another character. They had say they had copied his brainwaves. They thought he was dead. Uh, Simon Williams, the Wonder Man. Anyway, I'm not going to get into all that. But basically, that's what we have now in this show. We have a uh, walking computer that now has all the memories of Vision. So I'm assuming he is going to come back at some point. And I was really hoping that there would be a moment in this show, especially during the scene where the two of them were talking and debating about what who the true Vision would ultimately be, that at some point they would just merge and they would be the true Vision and everything would be great. But that's not what happened. The white vision says he's the true vision and he flies away and no idea where he is, but I'm assuming he's going to be back. He's basically going to be a walking computer. He's going to have all of the memories of vision, but he's not going to have any of the emotion or any of the soul. And we'll just see what happens from there. Now, a couple of the smaller questions, Uh, Jimmy's witness and Monica's astrophysicist friend. Now, I think what was the most fun about watching this show was being able to interact with all the other people that were watching the show and listening to various podcast episodes and watching videos and listening to all the theories and coming up with my own theories. I thought that was a lot of fun. I'm, of course, not one of these people that's upset that the show did not do everything that I wanted it to do. And I do think there are people out there who are going to be upset that Mephisto didn't show up, that... uh Reed Richards didn't show up as Monica's astrophysicist friend that, you know, just whatever, all the other, all the crazy theories that were out there. And it makes me think if this had been like an episode of frickin law and order and somebody had said, well, I've got an astrophysicist friend that can help me. And if and we never met that person, it would be no big deal. There would be no problem. We wouldn't be going who is their astrophysicist friend? Is it this person? Could it be this? But because it's a a show like this, and because it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, people just start throwing three theories out there. Well, this is how the Fantastic Four is introduced into the MCU. Maybe they're talking about Hank Pym. Maybe they're talking about Bruce Banner, blah, 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 blah. Who who are we going to see in this show? And And then you have freaking Paul Bettany going out there and saying something to the effect of uh, there's another surprise cameo coming. I can't remember the exact quote. There's another surprise cameo coming and it's an actor I've wanted to work with my entire life. And the scenes that we have together are amazing and we have such chemistry. And turns out he's just talking about himself. I mean, he's never he hasn't admitted that, but he was just trolling us. He was just trying to get us to go, ooh, who's he talking about? Who's going to come on to the show? And is it going to be the astrophysicist? Who's it going to be? And all this stuff. And and turns out most of us are thinking at this point he's just talking about himself because he has scenes with himself when he's fighting himself. He's playing both versions of Vision and he was just being cheeky, as they say. But any other show that's not something like this, that doesn't have this kind of fan base behind it, we would just have taken those facts. Jimmy has a witness in witness protection. That's what brought him to the town. And that's how he discovered something weird was going on. Monica has an astrophysicist friend that brought her the big truck, the big space rover. And any other show 
we'd be perfectly okay not knowing who these people are that they are that they were talking about. But because it's a show like this, and because we've been spending eight weeks throwing out theories, we're all now like, who who are these people? But it they're nobody apparently. They're just it's just some astrophysicist friend of hers who is able to get a hold of a space rover. Doesn't matter who the person is. Doesn't matter who Jimmy's witness is. It's just somebody that brought him to town. That's all we need to know. Unless we find out later that it's something different. But again, all in all, it was a great season finale or series finale as far as I'm concerned. The series itself was was amazing. I'm really worried now that Falcon and Winter Soldier will not be as good, that it's going to be too straightforward. Because... This was such a meta show. It was all in your head. It was just all this. You had to, you, it was just really crazy. It was just a very well put together, well thought out, well executed, just, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. It, it just, it, it was, it made you really think and kept you captivated and kept you guessing. And I just don't think that Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be like that. I think it's going to be more like uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, you know, a movie like that. It, that's just going to be just a good, thrilling, you know, action type of movie that there's not going to, it's, it's, which I'm going to love, I'm going to enjoy, but now I'm just worried it's not going to be as much fun. It's not going to be as visceral. It's not going to be as, I don't know, we're not going to be making videos and ep- and podcast episodes all about what different things in the show meant, really. What do the hexagons mean? What is, you know, that kind of stuff. But I am going to, I'll watch it the first, you know, of course I'll watch it every Friday and I'll decide after the first episode if I'm going to continue to do my own episodes weekly, but WandaVision was just amazing. It, I don't know what I expected coming into this show, but I did not expect it to be this good. I honestly thought of the three Marvel shows that are coming out, this one, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki, that WandaVision was going to be the one that I liked the least. I just didn't think I was going to like this as much. And if that turns out to be the case, then these next two shows are going to be flipping amazing because this was a great show and... I'm really glad I was able to watch it each week and have the time to sit down and talk about it with y'all. What did you guys think? Are you going to watch it all over again? I may do that next week. I may not. I may just freaking take a nap because I feel like the mailman in Westview. I am exhausted, but it's a good exhausted because it was a lot of fun. Let me know what you thought. Leave your comments wherever you can, wherever you leave them, whether it's on the website, whether it's on the Patreon, whether it's on the the Twitter post I make or the Facebook post I make. You can join us over on Facebook. If you're a member of the Patreon, we do have a secret Facebook group for just the patron members. If you're not a member of the Patreon, there is a Just Another Fanboy page. You can come there and talk about WandaVision and uh, what your hopes are for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Until then, this was my other podcast. Talk to you later.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.